Hello, welcome to another episode of the Hoop School Pod. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. What to do, baby? And here we are giving you guys what we like to call the quarterly review for the NBA season. We're going to break down the East, going to break down the West, um, and just see where we are about a quarter of the way through the season. Pretty crazy we're already there, but hey, some teams have played um, about 20 games, so it's about a quarter of the way through. It is what it is. It is what it is. So let's start with the East. Um <clears throat> We're going to do something here called Everybody But the Bucks because I think that right now in the Eastern Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks are about who we thought they were. Uh, Giannis is playing at an MVP level. He's putting up huge numbers every night. They've won 11 straight. They're 17-3. and three. I would be shocked if they're not there come Eastern Conference final time. So I don't Yeah, want they'll to stick right there. They're yeah, get, he's getting think... average help, but he's just so good. He's just carrying it, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, the Bucks are far from a perfect team, but I I wouldn't say that they've been disappointing. I think they've been just right where they are. What you um, expected. Yeah, 17-3, 20 games in, um, on pace for almost 70 wins. Um, they're going to be there at the end, is what it is. Um, so let's talk about kind of those other teams, those other 14 teams that are in the Eastern Conference. Um, the let's rest start of with the our, crop, yes. Yes, let's start with our surprise and our demise, Phil. Who's your surprise team? My surprise, definitely the Hornets. I mean, they're the ninth seed, and they're a game out of the eighth. It's ridiculous. Like, you were like, okay, they're going to be at the bottom. The Knicks probably won't have someone ahead of them in the <clears throat> lottery, but this year we were like, oh, the Hornets will be golden. Like, they won't be, like, the first team. Like, well, maybe we'll be winning a few games, whatever. But, no, the Hornets are 8-13. and 13. It's like, okay, like, they got to win, like, a few more games, and they're taking the spot from the Magic. Who do you have for your surprise? Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with a lot of what you said with the, with the Hornets. Um, Charlotte's in a weird spot. They're 8-13, and 13, so we're not acting like they have a, an awesome record, but the East, especially the bottom of the East, is uh, not exactly doing stellar right now, so they're a half game out of the playoffs. Um, Shots out Devontae Graham? Yeah, Devontae Graham's showing out. Um, you know, do the Hornets want to make the playoffs? Do they want a lottery spot? Uh, we'll see, but... Um, yeah, quarter way through, they're definitely winning more games than we thought. It um, seems like surprise... they want to win because they're, they're trying to get Drummond, too, which is just dumb, but hey, do what you want. Go off, <laughs> yeah. King. Um, my surprise team, and their record doesn't stand out, but I think just the way they've dealt with the injuries that they've had to deal with, I'm picking the Brooklyn Nets. I've been okay. pretty surprised and pretty pleasantly surprised, although I'm not a Nets fan, but if, if I was a Nets fan, I would be pleasantly surprised with how they've performed without Kyrie Irving. Obviously, Kevin Durant hasn't played. And then Karis LeVert being injured also. They've had a lot of guys step up. Spencer Dinwiddie is playing. I mean, his numbers are honestly like all-star level. He's not going to make the all-star team because we're assuming Kyrie will be back at some point. But he's playing at a really high level. Jared Allen's coming along pretty well. Um, like I don't know. If I, if I told you before the season that Kyrie and Karis LeVert were going to miss about 10 games um, in this span of the season, you'd probably expect them to be a below 500 team because... Yeah, their game's gotten better ever since. Yeah, I mean... They were they, struggling when, when they were all together in the beginning and then the injuries hit and they kind of just unified. Yeah, um, you're right. And we'll see what they look like when they get those guys back. Hopefully it's soon. The Kyrie injury is a little weird. Nobody exactly knows what's happening. Fickle. But in terms of what the Brooklyn Nets have been able to accomplish with... What they've had, I give credit to Kenny Atkinson. I give credit to Dinwiddie. Um, they're uh, performing... Listen to you. You want Kenny Atkinson <laughs> out because of fickle Kyrie. I know. I know. Listen, I, I give credit where credit's due. And 
I still think that things will become maybe a little um, thorny when Kyrie returns and if they do hit another rut because when you have superstars, it's always hard to deal with those egos. But Kenny's done a great job managing um, a team that at time has had inferior talent but has managed to put some nice ones together. And they're sitting at 10-9. and nine, So shout out to the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, kind of reminds you of the Brooklyn Nets of last year where they just played hard every night. And... Yeah, they just scrapped. Yeah. They're, they're going back to their cutesy style. teenage ways. Exactly. Yeah, they're young they... and angsty. I respect it. Yes. Um, let's talk about some demise in the East, Phil. What's a demise? team that... Yeah. <clears throat> I'd probably have to go. I mean, the Pistons are the obvious one. But, I mean, I'll save, I'll save that one just for everyone else because they know it. I'll just go with the Pacers because, I mean, Pacers aren't doing too bad right now. But, like, you expected them to be, like, kind of holding ground in, like, third or fourth seed maximum. And they had a rough start, and then they're like slowly coming back. Are you? I'm, I mean, how much do you put the Old Depot absence into consideration for that? Like, did you have the same expectations with Old Depot? I expected them to be kind of like what the Brooklyn Nets were, just like a bunch of good role players, like hanging in there, and then they're just basically just floating, floating in the water until <clears throat> Old Depot comes back, and then they could have pushed for like, like I expected them to be in like the three or four spot because I don't know, I didn't expect the Heat to come out. I expected the Celtics to probably be in front of them, but I thought like they'd be like just treading in water and then be like, okay, like Oladipo's back, like we're we're good, let's let's vibe. Yeah, I mean, Indi- yeah, Indiana's they've been very consistent. Their offense comes and goes. Um, they still play defense at a pretty high level, so that'll yeah. help them. But yeah, uh, hopefully it's hard not to with Turner and Sabonis. Yeah, Brock and Brogdon's been playing pretty well. Um, I still think Erd. they're wa- they're waiting on that. That Miles Turner arrival, he just still, and I don't know. Like at this point, are we just admitting Miles Turner is what he is? I mean, he's still super young, but it's a few seasons in, and he just still doesn't have that offensive polish, that offensive kind of killer instinct. Um, Sabonis seems to kind of uh, surpass him in terms of that interior offensive threat. Sabonis is older though, isn't he? Well, it's probably a little older. He spent but... a little more time at Gonzaga, and I think he drafted. He was drafted yeah. early. Miles Turner was was highly touted, though. Oh yeah, and... Texas has got a great development staff with their. They just love their long, <clears throat> athletic bigs. They got Miles Turner, Jared Allen, and then Jackson Hayes, and they're yeah. all just studs. Yeah, and this is actually his fifth year. I didn't even realize. And oh, it's his fifth. Wow, Miles Turner. Miles Turner's fifth year. Oh, Miles Turner. Uh, he's only twenty three, but you know he's giving you twelve points per game on forty five percent from the field. It's just like, I don't know. You, you, you want more from Austin Turner at this stage of his career, probably. Um, yeah, no doubt. But that is what it is. Um, my demise, and this is a team, Phil, that it looks like so far, I don't know. Hopefully they pull together, but I might have missed the mark on them. Uh, the Orlando Magic. They are not looking good. They are 7-11 in the 8th spot right now. Uh, I said before the season that I thought the Magic could be the third seed in the East. Really? Yeah, I did say that. and uh, It's a good thing I didn't hear it. Oh, you heard it. You probably just forgot it. I, <laughs> I regressed it. I pushed it so far out of my memory because I was like, oof. Yeah, probably. I repressed it hard. But, yeah, Orlando, their offense is really bad. They're averaging the least amount of points per game out of any Easter Conference <clears> team, <throat> which is – I mean, you never, you, you didn't think that that was going to be purely their strength. They were always kind of – a a team with good size that gives you problems in the perimeter with all their guys that could switch. But, like, last in the East in scoring, I mean, they haven't. Vucevic is hurt now, which hurt them um, in terms of their production offensively especially. But even when he was playing, they weren't getting 
um, good looks. They weren't – their offense wasn't flowing well, really clunky. Guy who's not taken that step that I thought he was going to. I thought this way I could have been an all-star this year. Aaron Gordon, really not a good start to the year. Um, he's averaging under 13 points per game on under 41% from the field. Uh, 10 games, he's 28 from three. He flow. Um, there's not a whole lot to like right now with the Magic team. Um, Jonathan Isaac's playing a little better and step up. They actually just suffered a really big injury also with Al Farouk Amino, who's probably out for the year with a torn meniscus. Uh, it's been bad shakes for Orlando. I think there was some relatively high expectations with them after they had a pretty nice end of the year last year, took a game off of Toronto. There's some encouraging things there, and it's been shaky. It's been shaky. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, a lot of that problems, I think, stems from their literal non-existent three-point shooting. And when you take out Vucevic, I mean, he, he could extend the floor just that little bit more. But, like, what you're starting with is just weak. All you have is Evan Fournier, and you're just kind of like, well, are we going to have Aaron Gordon shoot threes? Is Markel Fultz going to pull up? Who, who's got it? Who's got the ratty? Yeah, uh, Mark, Marco Fultz has been kind of a bright spot. I mean, he's playing better than he probably ever has in the league, which isn't saying a whole lot, but yeah, he's, exactly. he's averaging um, double digits in terms of points, 11.6 per game, um, dishing out a decent amount, averaging almost four assists per game. Uh, so that's all nice and well, but yeah, they, they just their offensive firepower is non-existent right now, and it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch, Phil. They're... They are not asserting themselves in any way, shape, or form in the Eastern Conference. Um, and it's hard, to, it's hard to win games when you have no confidence in your offense. I mean, like, you, you have – I mean, you got teams like the, the Cavaliers and the Pistons and the, the Hornets averaging more points per game than the Magic. I mean, come on. Like, I, I know, like, you guys, the Magic don't have – a whole lot of firepower from three point shooting, but they're te- they have Aaron Gordon when Vucevic was playing. Like they should have enough talent to just kind of will themselves to some points at some point, and it hasn't happened at all. The only thing I could think of that really separates the Magic when you kind of think of it like where they are now, and you're like, hmm, I wonder what's going on. Like even these much worse teams are like better than them offensively. I'd probably just have to go with just like shot creators because realistically, every other mm-hmm. team has some kind of shot creator. That's fair. Yeah, I guess they're kind of hoping Fultz could be that guy at some point, and he's definitely shown some promise, but he's not there yet. But yeah, you're right. They don't like Augustine's a nice player to have on your team, but he's a facilitator. Yeah, and he's yeah he's not always gonna he's not like that explosive guy that's gonna open the floor for other people. He's kind of like a game manager type of point guard. Um, so yeah, they're definitely lacking at that spot, but hopefully Orlando can get it together. They, this happened last year with Orlando too. So they started super slow finished crazy hot, um, found their way into the seventh seed, even though they were below 500 for most of the year, I think. Um, so we'll see. Really early, but so Maybe far, last year was just a fluke. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Um, let's pivot to the West. Let's pivot to yeah. the Western Conference. Um, so... Instead of Bucks, let's just skip over yeah, the LA teams. Yeah. Listen, the, I mean, the Lakers, they've been... They've 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 been the best team in the NBA so far in terms of their regular season. Um, we both still have the Clippers in the title, I believe. Correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. I know I do. But in the regular season, I mean, you can't argue with the facts. Lakers are seventeen and two. Um, they've been on a roll. They have the best point differential in the 
besides the Bucks in the NBA, best commercial in the West by a decent margin. Um, so, and with the Clippers, they are the third seed in the West, but listen, their talent is undeniable. We know they'll probably be there at the end. Um, so we're going to say everybody but LA for this portion. Um, so let's do with our, let's, let's talk about our surprise and demise, Phil. Um, surprise team for you. Surprise team, easy. Definitely the Mavericks. I mean, Luka Doncic is playing crazy. Kristaps is figuring it out, but he's still, you know, he's averaging, what, like 18? And he's just inefficient at the moment. But, I mean, it's going to take that while. And we know his game is just slashing and driving and threes. And right now his mid-range is just atrocious. But, I mean, if you can figure that out and he can work through that or he just learns to facilitate more out of the post, then that's just even more dangerous for the Mavs. Yeah, Mavs are looking... Um, cute, really. Ex- yeah, they're they're cute, but they 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 can really explode. Um, Luca is playing MVP level. Uh, don't there's any denying that. Do you like? Do you think that it's sustainable? Because he doesn't play with the volume that James Harden does, but he still has the ball so much. They still rely on him a lot. Um, like how sustainable do you think this is? I think for, realistically, for the regular season. Yeah, for the regular season, I think it's possible because Luca's. I mean, this is his first year doing it. He literally, he's just got all engines go. I mean, I don't know how sustainable it is over seasons, but mm-hmm. I think in this small sample size of like, realistically, it's a relatively small sample size of one season out of his, what, 20-ish year career, he can probably mm-hmm. sustain this. He's a young guy. He can get it moving. And as long as the offense doesn't like, the defense doesn't hone in on him and stop him exactly for mitigate everything he's doing then he'll be fine and he'll be able to keep the numbers i don't know about the success okay um how about you you touched on porzingis um because i've when i've watched the mavericks i've honestly been uh, i don't want to say disappointed yeah i missed a whole year of gameplay but he doesn't steam fully comfortable yet um they're not really running the offense through him that much i i honestly think they've been winning a lot of games just I mean, Luke has been dominating and controlling the ball, and they've had complimentary players shoot pretty well. Dorian Finney-Smith's had some nice shooting games. Tim Hardaway Jr. has actually come with some timely shot making. Few um, and far between. There hasn't been that. Yeah, but there's been few. Um, there hasn't been that many games where Porzingis has kind of like taken over as that number two guy. He's kind of benefited a lot via, I like to say, opportunistic playmaking, opportunistic making lobs, getting out in transition, putbacks. Um. Like, do you think they need more from him if they really want to get the West? Um, yeah, they're definitely going to need more from him in in order to just kind of compete and like continue to be like this successful of a team. Because right now they're just kind of leaning more on Luca than you would like to. You kind of want to keep that balance of Luca's getting probably comfy twenty five, twenty six, and then KP's coming off with like a nice twenty two, twenty one points a game. And like if you can kind of keep that that balance of scoring offensive, like who's top banana, who's second. You know who what the order is, but as long as those roles are defined and people are fitting those roles, then you're golden. But, yeah, they got to hope that Chris yeah. stops eventually. It also falls on Carlisle because he's got to be able to facilitate the offense around Porzingis when it's, like, his time to, to get buckets or, like, he needs Luca to score or Luca to set up for other people. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, Porzingis was never, even with the Knicks, like, efficiency was really his calling card, honestly. I mean, it, 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 for a guy seven shoot higher percentage in the field, but he really even shot above like 45% with the Knicks. Um, he's shooting below 40% right now, actually, which is pretty 
pretty crazy. Um, I mean, just about 39.8. Uh, that's going to go up, but like, there has to be some kind of effort to get him better. He's comfortable. I mean, we know he's not a post player. We know that he's, he's really comfortable in that elbow area where he can take advantage of smaller defenders, rise up, shoot above them. Um, you know, it's going to be a challenge for Dallas because I think things are going to get like not going to be averaging a 35 point triple double the whole year. Uh, like, even though it's capable of that any nights, they're going to need more Przingis on a nightly basis. And they're going to need nights where maybe Luca's a little off to come on and, you know, that kind of that he will with the Knicks where he'd honestly dominate games at times. So, um, we'll see if he can do that for them. Uh, he's always going to be a presence defensively. He averages over two blocks a game. Yeah. Really switchable on defense, but in terms of offensively, it's it's still a learning process. You know, it's a new team. He took a year off of football. football. Uh, <laughs> of, of, I got the Ravens background. <laughs> um, uh, uh, from basketball. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what yeah. goes with that. Um, I think that's a good pick in terms of the Mavericks. Uh, my surprise team, and this might not be a surprise team for everybody. I know you were really high on them. Um, they took a really bad loss last night, actually. Um, so don't worry, people. I know that they took a bad loss last night against the Kings where they gave a big lead. But I'm still picking the Denver Nuggets. Um, I've been pretty impressed with the way that they've kind of had this equality of contribution. I was, like, I was a little skeptical with Denver. Um just because I know it's hard to sustain success over like long periods of time when you don't have go-to guys at times. I mean, we know Jokic is a really, really good player, um, but he's still not that like give him the ball and he gets you a bucket at all times. I mean, he's not even the league score on the team. He's averaging not even 16 points per game. Um, he impacts the game in other ways. Um, but yeah, they've, They've been able to get it done. Um, they're getting contributions from Jokic, as always. He's giving you 16-10-6. Will Barnes playing really well this year. Um, I think that's been probably their biggest revelation in terms of those role guys. Um, Jeremy Grant's been a, a nice addition. He plays defense. Very missing that wing slash forward player that can and guard dynamic twos and threes and fours. Um yeah, and I've just been impressed that they've been able to stay afloat top have the kind of firepower that the Rockets or the Clippers Lakers have. Um they're sitting at thirteen and four, second in the West, um eight and two in their last ten. And best team in the West right now. So listen, shout out Denver, even though I have my doubts for the season. Oh, Nate. Uh, yep. Okay, so I didn't want to interrupt you, but this is this is off the thing. But um, you you chopped out a lot, like more than new usual. So I don't know how that sounded. Yep. You might want to, yeah, you might want to check on check. yours. I I can exit and check it. Okay, all right, yeah, I'm just saying, just before like we keep going, and it's like ah, like this should be a wash. All right, let me know. So for my surprise team, um, and this may not be a surprise for everybody, I know that some people were high on this team before the self, but right, right. Um, I had some of my doubts, and I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets. Um, I know that they took a really bad loss last night, so I'm aware of that. Don't worry. But um, they're still 13-4. They're still playing really well despite not having that 20-point-per-game score, which is pretty crazy. They, they don't have a single guy on their team that averages 20 points per game. 
Um, I don't think there's a single other team in the West that has that in terms of being a playoff team without having 20 point per game score. And I guess the only other option would be the Jazz, and I'm going to check right now. I think Donovan um, Mitchell's averaging over 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Donovan Mitchell's averaging 25, and, and Bogdanovich is actually averaging 22 as well. Big boy. So Big the Nuggets boy are doing this without, you know, that – one down and score, uh, big equality of contribution. Um, Jamal Murray's doing what he does, averaging 18. Um, Jokic, he affects the games in all kinds of ways, passing, rebounding, um, just kind of being that presence on the floor, kind of their quarterback. Um, I've just been impressed with Denver's been able to do in terms of playing a style of basketball that's different than some other guys. I mean, like, we see the way that Houston plays, we see the way that Dallas plays, even the way the, the Lakers play sometimes, where they have a couple guys that are ball dominant and everybody else is um, kind of playing and feeding off of them. And Denver, I mean, you got guys on different nights that are really making an impact. I mean, some nights Gary Harris has, and he's making big plays for you. Some nights Will Barton is all over the floor and making plays defensively, offensively, pushing the pace. Um, they just have a lot of ways to beat you, and they're sitting – uh, second in the West right now, thirteen and four. So shout out Denver, doing things that I didn't know that they would be able to do. Um, so that's my pick. You sleeping while everyone's eating? I guess so. I guess so. Maybe I'm just behind. The Literally everybody, because everyone's getting their fair <laughs> share of buckets on that team. <laughs> For real. Um, <clears throat> uh, credit to Mike Malone. He's pulling a system that clearly um the Denver Nuggets have bought into. Jeremy Grant has been a really nice addition. Um, not as much offensively his contributions come, but defensively he's really switchable. He can guard fours. He can guard three sometimes. Um, and they've got some good wins too. The, yeah, they scooped up a penny stock on Jeremy Grant. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, they've been the Sixers. They've been the Heat, Celtics, Rockets. Um, you know, they, they'll give anybody a good game. And, like, do I think that they're going to be in the Western Conference Finals? No. Like, as we said, we, we think it's L.A. and everybody else. But – I think that they're the third best team in the West right now. So I think out Nuggets. Personally, if we can talk about LA for just a second. Sure. Both of them. I think it really does depend on like the matchups. Because we saw last year it was a easy cruise ride for that bottom half of the Western Conference. Remember it was San Antonio Nuggets and yeah, yeah. Houston, well, yeah. Portland, and we we're like, oh, Houston's just gonna fucking cruise through. Like it's nothing. Well, Portland, exactly. Portland played well, Houston ended up playing Golden State. Right. Sorry, what was that? It's the last Houston ended up playing Golden State last year, which ended up so that it set up the the Blazers being in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, that's why I meant. I, sorry, yeah, yeah. I got those confused. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. It was it was the Thunder and the Blazers. That's who it was. I was thinking yeah, Westbrook the uh, played the Blazers. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, yeah, it was just a smooth cruise ride for whoever got out of that that bottom chunk of the Western Conference. And if it gets out like that again, like if it stays how it is right now. <clears throat> you got the Lakers and the Clippers in one chunk of the, the Western Conference, and they got to play before they get to the finals or the, the Western Conference finals. So who's going to get there in that other spot? Because realistically, the Clippers are going to play well, but they're not going to be able to. They're not going to be in the same spot. They're going to be kind of moving around. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, yeah, that, that's true. I mean, maybe the Nuggets will um, make their way Western Conference if um... who knows? Maybe the Rockets pop pop up on them too because. Kawhi's going to sit games. Paul George is going to sit games. They're not going to stay number one, number two. Realistically, they don't care. They're going to take that LeBron yeah. on the Cavs. I think, mantra where it's like I th- I'd, fourth I'd season be, up. Yeah, I, I, the Lakers seem pretty 
intent on winning regular season games. No, um, right. I'm talking about the Clippers. Yeah, yeah. I think like LeBron, it looks like he's not going to sit games out. Um, so you know they're gonna they're gonna win the games they're supposed to win. Um, they got tough games coming up, so we'll see if they can continue this streak of excellence. But yeah, um, you're right. Yeah, the the way it shifts, it could definitely change things. Um, let's go to some demise teams in the Westville. What yeah. are some in, through the quarter way? Um, what do you? I mean, um, the obvious ones are like I'll talk about the worst, but like eh. Uh, let's, yeah, that's the an obvious even, one. They're not even fun to talk about. Honestly. Yeah, because you were. Because I mean, like everyone thought they were going to be be able to get like the eighth seed, or like, people were like, oh, they'll definitely be like a four seed, but they're just bottom feeders, and they they don't need they don't deserve the talking about. So I'll, I'll start with the Trailblazers because I mean, they're you thought they were going to be. I think both of us thought they were going to be kind of where like the Nuggets, Rockets are right now, just like just vying for a spot in in the LA territory. But no, they've just something happened. The wheels are off, and they're just kind of dragging the back. Yeah, Portland's in a weird spot. Um, they're definitely not where people thought they'd be at eight and twelve. Um, you know, Melo's helped them a little bit. Um, they've yeah. they've they've got three games that they just won. Um, three games that like after that loss to Cleveland, um, I looked at these next three games. They have to win all three. Um, two against the Bulls, one against the Thunder, and they did win all three. So good on them. Yeah. Um, but still there's some issues with, um, their offense. Uh, you know, we'll see how productive Melo will be against some of the better competition because we know that the West, there's so many tough games. Um, you know, Melo's playing pretty well so far. He's helping them out offensively. Um, but those numbers definitely got boosted in these last three games against, uh, the Bulls who... They're Bulls twice in Thunder. Yeah, Bulls are a low tier team, and Thunder, who will give you a tough game sometimes, but again, not yeah. one of those. Depending on the CP3 vibes, one of those top teams. Um, yeah, listen, Portland is a team that people thought would be in the mix, and they're not out of the mix, but in twelve, they're definitely a disappointment. They just uh, made it harder on themselves, for sure. Yeah, um, they're looking for that that third player, and maybe it's Melo. I don't know. Who knows? But. Um, they've struggled at times when teams have just really geared in on Lillard and McCollum. It's made things difficult for their offense. So we'll see if they can adjust in any way. Right. Um, yeah, in terms of my demise team, um, this team has had a lot of injuries, like a lot of injuries. Um, but I still just don't like the vibe I'm getting from this team. I don't like the way they're playing. And I'm going to go with the Sacramento Kings. And – they're not like down in the dumps, you know. Anymore. Yeah, things could <laughs> things could be worse, but I'm just not liking the way that their players are being handled. Honestly, um, in particular, I honestly don't like the way that Luke Walton handles some of his younger players. Um, I think that guys like Harry Giles should be playing more. I think guys like Buddy Heald, like, I, I just watch him on the bench. He doesn't always seem to have the greatest demeanor when he's playing. Also, like, honestly, like, sometimes I just kind of watch the game, and, it's, and it seems like he's, I don't know, looking to get his at times, honestly. Um, yeah. I, just don't like the, I just don't like the way they're playing. Um, I went to that game against the Brooklyn Nets, against a, a diminished Brooklyn Nets team with, you know, not a lot of firepower. I think I absolutely run off the court. Um, they just played with no fire. Um 
you know, for a young team, like, they should just be, like, I, I'd want them, like, I just watch them, who has probably more talent than a team like the Cavs, and, like, I see more, like, so much more energy with the Cavs. I see so much more cohesion. I just watch the Kings, and I don't know. They're just not doing it for me. I think you could attribute that to Kevin Love telling them they got to fucking grind. Or <laughs> maybe, maybe is it Young Bull just getting everybody fired up in the locker room? Who knows? Yeah, maybe they could use that veteran presence. But I've never been a Luke Wallen fan. I didn't like I didn't like him in Los, uh, in Los Angeles when he had some of those young guys in Lonzo and Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't really like the way he handles his players, his rotations at times. Um, like, I don't know. I, I, don't, I think I don't, he really just bene- – his job prospects really benefit off of just sitting there in Golden State and just kind of – Yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't, I, don't like the, I don't like the way that his teams play usually. Um, I, don't, I don't like the way his Kings team is playing. Um, a lot of this is just like eye test stuff. I know I'm not presenting like a whole lot of numbers, but um, I just think that they should – and they had a really nice win last night, a really nice win last night, a comeback win against the Nuggets. Um, but in terms of their body of work this season, um, I just, I've been a little disappointed with what I've seen in Sacramento. Yeah, no. I mean, their stars are not even showing up. Like, I mean, Buddy Hield is getting what's his, but he's just stat hunting sometimes. And, I mean, the guy they paid is – the guy they paid big bucks to, Harrison Barnes, he's getting 17 a game, and that's rounding up. He's just – yeah, he's shooting – They're not getting the most of their players yeah. is another thing. Like, that. that's – They're not juicing every single bit out of their players. Yeah. And, like, sad. a team – you look at a team like Brooklyn who's dealt with just as many injuries and, like – they, they, it's the opposite for them, you know. Like they're playing yeah. together, they're playing hard, and like they're getting the most out of all their guys. Um, that's really the difference. And I think a lot of it can be attributed to coaching, culture, whatever you want to do it. But um, yeah, we'll see what yeah. happens with Sacramento. They uh, definitely missed the bag, man. But De'Aaron Fox has got to step. He's got to be more efficient. That's yeah. the big thing. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So that's that, those are the two conferences. Um, I have one question, Phil, for you. Yes. So we had pre we had a preseason picks. Um, I went Clippers Bucks pretty, um, pretty chalk. But hey, that's what I believe. That's what I still believe. You went Clippers Sixers, Sixers I yes. believe. Mm-hmm. Um, just just we're about twenty five percent through the season. Um, do you like what you see with the Sixers? I'm going to ask you as a guy who was really a fan of what you saw in terms of their talent. Um, are you sticking with that pick? Oh, if you're asking me to change, I will not join not, on your bandwagon. Change, oh, no, no, no. No, thank you. I'm okay. Sir. Are you – are you are – I'm you, comfortable. Are you encouraged, I should say? They, right now, honestly, the wet thing I'm seeing is just kind of run-of-the-mill streakiness. They're a young team. They're still figuring out – they're coagulating their pieces together. They're figuring it out as they go. I mean, you see how, like, big team – like, big teams like this form – I mean, you, with the Warriors, it took a lot less time because there were just four All-Stars, and it was just seamless. It looked seamless, but it took a lot of, okay, whose turn is it now? Whose turn is it now? But with, like, the Sixers, it's not that, like, top-end level talent, but it's a lot of really good players. And once they start to figure out, which is going to take a while, it's going to take, like, another half the season, basically. But yeah. by playoff time, they'll be they'll be ready to go. They'll know, okay, Josh Richardson, like, he knows he's in the spot-up spots when, when Ben Simmons is just... <laughs> drilling down the court on somebody mm-hmm. yeah, and, fair, yeah. fair enough yeah I just, I just i'm wanna, not worried i just want to gauge gauge what you thought um, don't worry i'm not worried all right um so that's that i think that's that's our quarter season review um mm-hmm. the half season review will come at a later date um and as always we're going to give you guys the weekly um recaps every week so uh that'll cover that yeah well thank you for listening 
to another episode of the Hoop Scoop Pod. My name is Nate with my pod pal, Phil. A very gracious goodbye. And that was our quarter season review. As always, if you like our content, follow us on Twitter at Hoop Scoop Pod. Listen to our podcasts across all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor App, whatever you guys feel. And we'll see you guys next week for another scoop of the hoop.